Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Jen here, and welcome to episode two of the Simply and Fiercely show. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I call decluttering paralysis, which is just a term that I made up. (laughs) Um, But I made it up to describe what happens when you're decluttering and things are going pretty well, you're making some progress, um, you're starting to feel pretty good about yourself. And then suddenly you come across something that completely derails you. So, I mean, it could be anything, just some random item in your home or your closet, just something that really trips you up. Um, It's something that you don't know what to do with, or I guess perhaps more accurately, you know what you should do with it, Um, but there's something, some kind of feeling that overwhelms you and you just feel really stuck, right? Or, um, or even paralyzed, right? So hence the term decluttering paralysis. You just don't know how to move forward. And usually from my experience, this tends to completely destroy your decluttering plans. You lose your momentum. It all, it all just feels too hard and you end up giving up. So let me start by telling you an example of when I experience decluttering paralysis. So I can remember a time when I was decluttering my closet, um, I guess probably about 10 years ago or so, and I can remember it really, really vividly. It's in um, a house where I used to live in Tasmania. I was sitting on the floor of my bedroom in my tiny townhouse, um, and I was just completely surrounded by mountains of clothes. Yeah. So um, as many of you have heard me say before, I used to be a shopaholic. So when I say I had a lot of clothes, I had a lot of clothes, right? Back in this time, I was probably shopping at least five days a week. And my closet (laughs) was a reflection of this. So I had piles of clothes everywhere. Um, I don't know if you've heard sort of a really, I guess, common decluttering advice um, when you're decluttering your closet is to take everything out so you can see everything. So I'd emptied out my closet, I'd emptied out my drawers, um, I dug out all my storage tubs because you, you know that I had storage tubs, right? A lot of clothes, a lot, a lot of stuff. So here I am sitting on the floor surrounded by piles of clothes um, and I can remember I'm going through everything and I'm sort of, you know, one at a time picking everything up, you know, deciding is it something I'm going to keep, is it something to donate, is it something to sell, etc. And then I remember coming across this blouse, right? It was, um, I loved this blouse. It was this blush pink color, 100% silk with these sort of short, but like loose flowy sleeves. Um, And it was very beautiful and very, very expensive. I think, I think if I think back, I probably paid around, I think $120 for it. Um, which obviously, you know, expensive is relative, but for me, that was a lot of money, um, a lot more than I would normally spend for a top. And I'm pretty sure that $120 was actually the clearance price. 
I remember buying it from this very trendy sort of boutique shop where I normally never even went in the door um, because I knew that everything was out of my price range. But for whatever reason, I must have been in a bit of a spending mood or something that day. Um, so I went into the shop and I remember being really, really excited because I found this blouse and it was something that I liked and it was on sale. So even though it was a bit of a stretch, I could actually afford it, right? So I made this really impulsive purchase. Now, I had this, so I have this silk top. I've got it at home um, at this stage. I've probably had it for a few years and like I adored it. It was so beautiful. And every time I looked into my closet and I saw it, like it just made me happy to look at it, which is so pretty. Um, but <laughs> as is often the case, and maybe some of you can relate, the problem is I never wore it. Okay. So, I mean, if I'm honest and I'm, you know, being realistic, it was probably a bit too fancy for my day-to-day -day life. Um, first of all, I think I was scared to wear it because it was this like delicate silk. Um, and I'm, I'm a very not <laughs> delicate person. So I think I was terrified that I was going to ruin it. Um, especially because it was so expensive, you know. And then even beyond that, it wasn't really my style. Um, you know, in my everyday life, I'm not actually a very feminine dresser. I like casual basics. Um, I wear lots of like jeans and tank tops. Um, or if I am feeling a bit more like getting dressed up, I tend to have sort of like a more bohemian style than a girly style, if that makes sense. So I've got this blouse. It's very, very beautiful. Um, it's not my style. And I've had it for several years and I have never worn it. Okay. Or maybe I've worn it once. I probably wore it once. So as I'm decluttering and I'm, you know, going through everything one at a time, I've got this blouse in my hands, I'm looking at it and the logical part of my brain knows that I shouldn't keep it. Okay. Um, even, even at the time, even feeling so conflicted about this blouse, I think that I can confidently say that I was a hundred percent sure that I was never going to wear it. Okay. I'd had chances to wear it. I just never pulled it out of my closet and I knew I wasn't going to. I guess that that part of things wasn't even up for debate, really. But, you know, yet the even though the logical, intelligent side of my brain was saying you're never going to wear this, I remember feeling this completely overwhelming sense of attachment. Okay, I can I, like I'm closing as I'm recording this, I'm closing my eyes and I can even imagine it like I'm holding this blouse in my hands and the idea of getting rid of it just felt impossible. There was like, oh, like something just, <laughs> you can't obviously see me. I'm like clutching my finger. Just the idea of letting go was horrible, right? And so I'm sitting there and and I guess this is where I'm, I'm saying I'm paralyzed. This is where the decluttering paralysis kicked in. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's embarrassing really. Like at the time I almost wanted to cry and I feel kind of silly admitting it because obviously it's just a blouse. Um, but, you know, back then I just felt so torn and stupid, really, because on one hand, you know, it's like I was like being torn in two directions. Like on one hand, my logical brain saying, just get rid of it, right? You're not going to wear it. Like don't hang on to things that you don't wear. Um, but at the same time, I just, I just could not imagine letting go. And these kind of thoughts, they really sent me kind of spiraling, um, out of control, I guess, a little bit in the sense that I was so angry with myself, right? Because, because I'm a grown woman, yeah? You know, I'm independent. I know I'm independent and I'm smart and 
I know that I'm a capable person, um, you know, who goes through my life doing all the things that adults need to do. Um, but for whatever reason, I just could not declutter this silly blouse. So I'm beating myself up. And, you know, by that stage of decluttering, I've probably sat there looking, just staring at this blouse and having this internal debate in my mind, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes or so. And I guess at that point, any hopes I had of actually finishing my decluttering project, you know, was just gone out the window. Um, and, And more than that, I really started to have these thoughts, like, just about decluttering in general, like, what's the point of this? Like, why am I putting myself through all this? Um, it's obviously, you know, I thought it was going to be easy, but it's not. Um, and I just started to feel a bit ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it just reminds me of, um, <laughs> like, when I was younger, I used to be a runner. And so now I haven't put on running shoes in over 10 years. And I tell my husband all the time that, like, oh, you know, one day I'd love to run a marathon. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's impossible, and I still hope that I do. But it's pretty clear right now that that's not a priority. That's just like this someday fantasy, right? Like one day it'd be nice to do. But if I'm honest with myself right now, I'm not prepared to commit. It's not something I'm really going to do. And so I kind of remember feeling that way about my decluttering. Um, you know, I, I had was so excited to give it a shot. And I'd worked myself up um, into, you know, tackling my closet, which was this huge project. But then I experienced this decluttering paralysis um, and I just wanted to give up. You know, it was felt so hard and and the whole idea of down, downsizing and simplifying and decluttering, it just didn't seem to be worth the hassle, you know? So there was this feeling of dejection, this feeling of being really incompetent. And looking back, if I think about like, why did I feel that way? I can see that a part of it is because I thought the decluttering was going to be a lot easier. Okay, so at the time, I had read a lot online about decluttering. Um, if you listen to episode one, you'll know that that I was first introduced to decluttering through blogs, right? And perhaps that's how you found me because I obviously have a blog as well. Um, but these blogs are full of lots of decluttering tips and advice. And I kept seeing these like sound bites thrown around where they were things like, um, you know, like don't treat your home like a storage space, right? Um, you've probably heard that before. Or or another one is, um, you know, if you're not going to use it, get rid of it. Yeah. Or I think probably one that I heard all the time is just like, it's just stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, why be attached? Your emotions don't live in your stuff. It's just stuff. Let it go. And logically, that makes sense, of course, right? So um, I'm not going to argue with any of those statements. You know, you shouldn't keep things that you don't use, right? And and obviously, it is just stuff. Um, my logical brain knew this. And I think that's why it was so frustrating for me, why I felt so paralyzed. Um, my brain knew something. My brain knew that it was logical to let go, but I couldn't. Um, I knew it was supposed to be easy but it wasn't. And it just, oh, it just made me want to tear my hair out, you know. I just wanted to give up on this whole stupid idea of decluttering and then never think about it again. Okay, so this this was my experience with decluttering paralysis. Um, and I don't know if you can relate to the story at all. Maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't a blouse that got you feeling stuck. But I think, you know, we've all kind of gone down this path of just really getting stuck somewhere with our decluttering. 
And so if you can relate, here is what I want you to know. First and foremost, stuff is not just stuff. Yeah. And yeah, yes, as you know, I'm obviously contradicting myself because I said a few minutes ago that yeah, it's logical and it makes sense. And obviously, like if you're being really literal, it is just stuff. Um, but I think that when you're decluttering, it's more helpful to think of your stuff, uh, whatever it is, be it an old sweater or an old textbook or even you know something silly like a coffee mug, whatever it is that you are struggling to declutter. I like to think of it as a placeholder for something. You know, it's representative of something, right? The things you own, everything you own can represent um, fears, thoughts, anxieties, beliefs. There are a million things that it can be, and it's different for everyone. But in general, if you are struggling to declutter, if you're if you're feeling stuck with something or you're experiencing this decluttering paralysis, then there is some type of emotional work that needs to be done, okay? And um, I think we'll go back to the example of my blouse. I think that's the best way to explain it. So thinking back now to my, my very lovely pink silk blouse um, and knowing, you know, with the wisdom of like 10 years later, looking in the rearview mirror, um, I can see several reasons why I was so attached to this top. It's complicated. Um, but one that really stands out to me is that I know that that blouse was so important because on some level, it made me feel like I fit in. Like I, not just like I fit in, like I could go somewhere where I didn't think I belonged, right? So I guess if you go back to the story that I was telling earlier, right, about buying that blouse, you'll remember that I bought it from this fancy shop. And, you know, even now I can remember, you know, so clearly how I felt walking in the door and just feeling like I didn't belong there, like I wasn't. And again, this is all embarrassing. I know it is. And it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things we don't like to say out loud, even though I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling this way. But I remember walking into the shop and just thinking, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough or stylish enough or <laughs> as silly as this even, you know, to say the word, like I'm not cool enough to be shopping there. Right. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it's embarrassing, but it's true. And I didn't feel like I belonged there. Or at least I didn't feel like I belonged there until I bought the, the silly blouse, right? Again, you know, it's it's ridiculous, but on some level, not necessarily conscious, like in my subconscious mind, it was like having that blouse was like a ticket into some sort of exclusive club. It was like proof that, yeah, I can walk into that shop and I can shop there and I deserve nice things. And I'm just as good as all the other people who buy things from this shop. Right. And again, of course, I'm, I want to acknowledge it. Obviously, I know that makes no sense. Like people don't deserve things. People aren't good or they aren't, you know, better than others because of where they shop. But on some subconscious level, I obviously had some beliefs about that. So um, if we go back to the idea of decluttering paralysis and we kind of bring this conversation full circle, I think that when we're decluttering, and we get stuck when we experience this decluttering paralysis. It's because we don't know what problem we're trying to solve. Okay. So for most of us, um, I know I've, I felt this way for years. We think that decluttering is this really practical challenge. 
and that we just need to like roll up our sleeves and get on with it and just sort of like have some self-discipline um, and I guess like almost force ourselves into just making decisions about what to keep. It's, it's like like um, like when you want to like spring clean your house, right? Like it's annoying, it's a task you don't want to do, but you just got to roll up your sleeves and just get in there and dive in and just do the work, right? So that's kind of how I thought about decluttering. It was just like this practical job and I just need to like not be lazy and just get on with it and do the decluttering. Um, but, you know, then obviously, as I said, I experienced this decluttering paralysis, you know, the just getting on with things and just the just doing the work wasn't working. Yeah. So like, you know, when we get to that point where all the decluttering hacks and all the tips that we've read about on blogs and at books and, you know, when it doesn't get us anywhere, then we're kind of left, left thinking like, well, now what? Like, what do I do now? Um, for me, the kind of thoughts that I was having is like, am I just broken? Is something wrong with me? Just kind of like beating my head against the wall, just trying to push through with my decluttering. Um, and the reason that I'm sort of in that place or that we're all sort of in that place if you're experiencing it is because we're not looking for the real problem, yeah? So it's like the equivalent of having a really bad, horrible cough and you just keep taking cough medicine trying to fix it. But, you know, it's not working because let's say you have an infection of, I'm not a doctor, let's say you have a chest infection or something and you need antibiotics, yeah? Um Again, I'm not a doctor, but the point is if you don't, if you're not getting to the root cause of the problem, if you're just treating the symptoms, then you're never really going to get better, right? So if we think about with your clutter, if you don't put the effort into understanding your relationship with clutter, whatever that looks like for you, whatever that attachment that keeps you sort of um, paralyzed yeah like I was saying like I was just holding this blouse looking at it and knowing what I'm supposed to do but like like a like a statue I'm just staring at it and I just can't move I just don't know what to do with it um if you don't get down to sort of understanding why that is then it is like it is like fighting a battle without knowing who your enemy is okay so I guess the real takeaway here is that I want you to know that there are two parts to decluttering, okay? Um, the first part is this practical side of things, and I feel like that is what gets the majority of the attention, especially in like, you know, mainstream um, media. I was looking the other day, I was actually just doing a quick Google search um, for like decluttering tips. I just popped that in there just out of curiosity to see what was there. Um, you know, and it's all just things that are just so superficial. Like, I mean, to be completely honest, I think that half the tips I found on the first page of Google were just about how to store your clutter. Um, but even then, when you get past that, it's like these kind of hack type tips, like, um, you know, like sorting your things into piles or, um, you know, even even better tips, like, like um, let's say you're decluttering your closet. You've probably heard about this hanger trick. Um, if not, it's what you do is you hang up all your clothes and you put everything in the closet with the hangers sort of the wrong way. Then what you do is when you wear something um, and then after you wash it and you put it back in the closet, you turn, you put it in with the hanger the right way. Um, and this this exercise is really helpful because after a set period of time, let's say, you know, three months or whatever works for you, you can easily see what you're not wearing because the hanger will still be um, backwards. 
And and then in theory, you just get rid of anything you're not wearing, right? Because if we just take this as it is, if we just take it as like a practical tip, um, you know, you don't keep things that you're not wearing, right? So these kind of tips and hacks are useful. I don't want to say that it's not. Um, you know, the hanger trick is a useful one that, that lots of people swear by. But if you are decluttering and you were trying all these things, you're doing the hanger trick, you're doing, you know, you're following all the hacks and tips that you've read online, um, and you just keep getting stuck or, you know, paralyzed, we should say, um, then instead of getting giving up, it is helpful to recognize that there is this whole other side to the decluttering process, um, this side of things that people, I think, just don't talk about enough. When I say people, I guess I'm I'm speaking really broadly, you know, about like maybe perhaps what I've seen mainstream um, decluttering blogs and things talk about. So this other side of decluttering is the more emotional side. Well, we really have to dig around um, and perhaps go that step further to unraveling your relationship with clutter, Yeah which isn't always easy, or um, actually, in fact, I'll just say that it's never easy. Um, at least it's not easy. It's not easy to understand, you know, why we feel so attached to our clutter, but at least it gives you a direction. It gives you something to work towards or something to work on. It gives you a problem to solve. So instead of just throwing your hands up in the air and just saying, this isn't working, it's it's impossible, and then just giving up, um, or or if I think about me, to be honest, um, I didn't necessarily give up. What I ended up doing is spending several years trying the same things over and over and over again, and then just getting really frustrated when I wasn't making any progress. Yeah, I was just trying to force myself to declutter, um, but it wasn't working. So if you are experiencing this, I invite you to break free from your decluttering paralysis by instead of just kind, kind of taking it or treating it like this practical um, exercise, instead of treating it like, you know, a cleaning project, instead, take a deeper look at your relationship with clutter, okay? Just sort of, um, you know, spend time journaling and really just trying to understand why you feel so attached, okay? And once you do that, you're going to be given the keys to letting go. Okay, these are clues. These are like signposts that are going to tell you what kind of work you need to do to let go of your clutter. Okay. And if this is something that you want support with, I will mention that that's the kind of work we do in my signature decluttering program, which is called Clear Your Clutter. Um, we open the doors twice a year. The next enrollment period will be in July. Uh, but if you're interested to just learn more, you can visit simplybeersleep.com backslash clear your clutter. Okay. So, and you go to this page where you'll hear a bit more about the program and then you can also get on the wait list. But you know, if, that, if that's not for you, um, you know, regardless of, um, you know, whether you're looking for support or not at this time, I do recommend that if you are getting stuck, if you feel paralyzed with your clutter, instead of kind of like just doing the same thing over and over again and kind of like banging your head against the wall um, or beating yourself up, that's really common. Um, so many of the people I work with spend a lot of time beating themselves up about their clutter. And instead just being a bit more like, um, I like to use the phrase compassionate curiosity and just see if you can, you know, 
just ask some questions and just sort of see if you can figure out why is it that you feel so attached? What what does my stuff represent? And when you start to um, uncover those beliefs, you know sort of the work you need to do of letting go. Okay, and then letting go of your stuff just happens naturally as a byproduct of working on your fears and anxieties um, and whatever it is that is keeping you stuck. Okay, so that's all for now. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again.